The Successful Servant Leader Podcast is all about the pioneer woman on her unique journey of becoming and being who God has called her to be. The divine connection between the wealth mindset and success in every area of our lives can no longer be denied. Successful Servant Leader teaches us how to increase our confidence and strategically and effectively serve while in the pursuit of success in our lives, our faith, and our businesses. I'm your host, Victoria Grace, and welcome to the show. Hey family, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this movement. I'm so glad that you are here, okay? Give yourself a pat on the back for intentionally choosing to be a part of this conversation that will surely help all of us level up professionally, personally, and spiritually. If you're new here, welcome. Go ahead and make sure that you hit that subscribe button on whatever app you are listening on. You will get a fresh episode on either the wealthy place, healthy behavior change, and current topics related to the modern day servant leader every single week. So first and foremost, I want to say happy new week. I pray that your last week was off the chain. And if it wasn't, Let's do our best here together to make sure that this week is off the chain, okay? So before we hop in, let me go ahead and just spill our tea for this week. It's not much at all, but I just want to remind you that you, if you have not subscribed to the podcast already, please hit that subscribe button. And if you have subscribed, but you haven't left a review yet, please leave a review. This really does help with helping other people find the show and join our family. Okay. So our title today is when leaders make mistakes. And I intentionally wanted to keep going with this topic because of what we talked about last week. I felt led to keep the conversation going basically. So last week we talked about Pastor Mike Todd and the very huge mistake that he made while in the pulpit on Sunday a few weeks ago. And if you missed that episode, please go back and check it out. But Basically, I said that I believe that he definitely has a spirit of entertainment on him. Basically, a spirit that wants to entertain rather than just preach the word of God. And, you know, I said I'm not taking away his joy for the Lord and his zeal to want to preach the word, but it's definitely a spirit of entertainment within a lot of these larger churches, if you will. If you have not seen that for yourself, I would definitely say, you know, just ask God for that spirit of discernment to help you to see that. And so this week, as I was listening to a sermon by Stephen Darby on YouTube, he talked about talent over anointing. And I said, oh my goodness, that's exactly it. A lot of churches nowadays want to focus on the talent, on the entertainment, on what can this person do while in the pulpit rather than actually having anointing that flows freely. And you know what I'm saying? I am not a pastor or anything like that. I just have been studying the word of God and spending time with God and asking him to reveal things to me. And, you know, I ask him all the time for confirmation concerning things 
in the word of God, in the community of God or the body of Christ. So when I heard this idea of talent over anointing, I'm sure a lot of you may have heard of the prosperity gospel. And this is pretty much just a gospel where the pastor or the minister or whoever it is, they preach solely about prosperity. (laughs) You know, like when you do this, you'll get this, you know, you'll have a new house, a new car, some new shoes, money in the bank, you know, all of this and that. And so that is just not what the word of God is all about. Yes. We've talked about the wealthy place. We've talked about the wealthy mindset. Like, yes, God does want us to be wealthy, but he wants to wants us to be wealthy in his own way, in his own right and not within our own way and with and within our own right. And so take that too. if you were still taught, thinking about or contemplating on whether or not to listen to Michael Todd and things like that. Take that idea and take it to God. You know, God, help me with this idea of talent over anointing because I want to make sure as I continue with this journey to get to know you, God, I want to make sure that as I continue on this pursuit, I am going in the way that is narrow and not the way that is wide. And of course, like I said last week, we have to continue to pray for Pastor Mike so that he can get the deliverance that he needs. Just like I said, we all need deliverance. And that I I do believe that he learned from the situation. Now to continue with the topic of when leaders make mistakes, before I jump into any of this, I want you to just put it on your notes and pray, you know, God, increase my spirit of discernment. Increase my spirit of discernment, increase my spirit of discernment. Because remember, successful servant leader is not just somebody who owns a business. Successful servant leader is not just somebody that's a professional working person or working woman. Successful servant leader can be in the household, is a mother, a sibling, all of the above, okay? In which we have been called to be successful. We have been called to be servant leaders in those areas. And so I want to share some practical tips to help us leaders who struggle with how to respond to things after we've made mistakes. Because trust me, I have made plenty of mistakes and I have struggled to tackle them. I've struggled with the appropriate way to respond to them. And so that's what I want to talk about today. The first thing I want to say is that as Women who are successful servant leaders, women who are pioneers, we have to learn to accept responsibility and turn our errors into learning opportunities. And I know that that can be so difficult, first and foremost, to learn to accept responsibility when maybe we have always been accepting the responsibility, even when the responsibility wasn't on us. Maybe we've always been picking up slack for other people and we feel like I deserve to be able to make a mistake here or there. And just a side note, we, it is okay to make mistakes. Like I'm not nowhere near saying like it is a bad thing to make a mistake. We are human. We're not Jesus. We're not God. We're not Holy Spirit. We are human. And it is okay if we make a mistake, but the way that we respond to the mistake that we make is what is going to determine the outcome of whatever that situation was, right? Remember how I always bring in that equation 
E plus R equals O. So the event, which is always going to happen, plus the response, which you have control over, equals the outcome. And so we have to learn to accept responsibility and turn errors and turn mistakes into responsibilities. And so the first practical tip that I have to help us leaders and us pioneers who might struggle with how to respond to things after we've made a mistake is... Number one, to just own it, take responsibility for it. Like, yeah, I did that. (laughs) I did that. Okay. And okay. Like, no, no, no. Let me take that back. Not okay. And, but really you guys understand what I'm saying. Like own it, take responsibility for that mistake, take responsibility for being wrong in whatever it was, right? Proverbs 28 13 says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And so we can apply that to every area of our lives motherhood, wifehood, corporate America, business ownership. This can literally be applied to every area of our lives. If we conceal or try to hide our transgressions, the Bible clearly tells us that we will not prosper. But if we confess whatever it was, then we will obtain mercy and in turn, we will prosper because God is a God of mercy and grace. Second on the list is to manage it. Now, if you're anything like me and my bloodline and the generational curses that I have had to work on, really, really work on breaking, managing things can be difficult. A lot of us, and I'm going to say me, right? I'm going to say me, but you know what you do. You know what's in your family. You know what you have done. A lot of us We like to react to things based off how it made us feel, not logically. So when I say based off of how it made us feel, I mean based off of our emotions. And this is a huge no-no, whether you are in corporate America and a business owner, or if you are new to being a wife and a mother, or if you've been a wife and a mother for 20, 30 years, this is a huge no-no. Making decisions based off of emotions is a huge no-no. Brooke Watchler, a licensed psychologist and president and founder of BEW Consulting and Training LLC in New York, says that if leaders don't confront and control their emotions, it will be difficult to communicate the problem and solution clearly to their team. Now, obviously she is talking about a team in corporate America, but I'm saying your team within your household. I'm saying your team within your ministry. I'm saying the team in which you you may manage, right? On a daily basis, when you go to your professional job, whatever it is, it will be difficult as a leader to be able to communicate the problem and the solution clearly because you have not confronted and controlled your emotions. Instead, you are wearing your emotions on your sleeve, even though you think you're walking around so big and so bad and so tough. Trust me, I've seen it so many times with powerful women who are leaders, right? Who are very wise, who have amazing attributes about themselves. But when they get that one thing that triggers them, or when they hear that one thing that they don't like, or that hits that nail on that head from their childhood, or wherever the case it was, they 
get completely out of character and they act like any home training that they have had, it goes completely out the window. And if you watch reality television, it's literally every day on reality TV. They can put black women on TV successful, making millions of dollars. And even they talk about how they love the Lord and, and, you know, they put God first, but one thing triggers them. One thing hits that spot that they didn't expect anybody to hit and they are completely out of character. And so I just don't think that that is anything that anybody wants those who we are called to lead to see. Now, if it's within your household, right, and it's your partner, so your husband, okay, it's okay to be vulnerable around him and, and show him those sides of you and, you know, even your family. But to a certain point, we have to be like, okay, enough is enough. And I cannot keep reacting to things based off of my emotions. I have to figure out the problem here, the root here, and I have to uproot it and I have to learn how to manage it. Third on our list is to beware of the foxes. So if you are anything like me, then you had a little sister who absolutely loved watching Dora the Explorer. If you've been with this podcast for some time, then you've heard this story a few times probably already. But my sister loved Dora the Explorer. And within Dora, there was this, I think it's the antagonist of the story or of the storyline. And his name was Swiper the Sneaky Fox. And Boots, the monkey, who was Dora's companion, always used to say that sneaky swiper, he always wants to swipe our stuff. And if you remember me talking about the foxes from the book of the Songs of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15, then you know that those foxes are very sneaky and they always want to swipe our stuff physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. They always want to swipe our stuff, the stuff that God has given us, the stuff that God is going to bless us with. They always want to swipe our stuff. And so that is why number three is to be aware of the foxes. And these foxes create blind spots that can hinder you from seeing your faults and they can hinder you from discerning the faults of others. When you're hindered from actually seeing your own faults, this can literally affect you negatively and this can be the result of your downfall. How can you be a leader if you aren't even able to identify and see where you are wrong? How can you be this strong, this this amazing person who wants to lead people, who wants to raise a family, who wants to have a striving marriage and a, a, a striving career as a mother or as a parent? How can you be this person if you aren't even able to look at yourself and see your own faults. And on the other hand, how can you be all of these amazing things if you don't have the discernment to see where other people's faults have attributed or contributed to your downfall or to you making that mistake? Because you got to know that sometimes our own biggest mistake can be allowing others to get in the way and make us make those mistakes. Now that we have owned it, we've managed it, and we understand that we have to beware of the foxes, now we have to determine why the mistake was made. So this is literally all about just reflection and reflect on the mistake, like reflect on the situation, identify what the mistake was and identify how the mistake 
happen. The key word here is clarity. And I wanted to make sure that I put this in there because we have to have clarity on why this mistake happened. Like, why did I do this? How did I allow this to happen? When did I think that this was okay? If we think back to our incident last week, you know, clarity is key and reflection with God is major key. And so after we determine why the mistake was made, then we want to go into communication being a major key as well. Number five is communication. It is key. And communication is on this list because a lot of times when we make mistakes, we make mistakes around other people or mistakes that involve other people, whether they know that they are involved or not, especially if we are the head of a team, especially if we are the homemakers in a household, especially if we are the heads of households. because I know that some of us, we're in the households with one, just one parent, like it's just us and we're parenting and we're running the household and we're doing everything. And so it is important that communication and effective communication becomes a part of our vocabulary and not just a part of our vocabulary, but really just an understanding that we have of how important communication is. And so before we can go and talk to whoever else was involved in making the mistake or who was, you know, involved in general in the mistake, we should have that clarity surrounding the entire situation. So once we have that clarity, we can go with them with a clearly defined mistake. Like I know that this happened. I know that I did this. I understand that I did this. That that was not my intention. I apologize. Whatever the case is, you know, whatever fits there, whatever Holy Spirit leads you to say, you want to clearly define the mistake. And once you've clearly defined the mistake and you've taken it to the other party or parties involved, then you definitely want to hear them out. That's why Keyword here is communication is key. You want to definitely be able to hear out those other parties. And once you hear them out and they have heard you out in an effective way, not yelling and screaming, not going in one ear and out the other, but truly effective communication, then you want to come up with a way that recovery can happen. So how can recovery take place for all parties involved, including you? It's important to know that transparency is key at this point. It's key because that is the only way that recovery can happen. And when we look at the definition of recovery, it says a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. So for there to be recovery or for there to be a return of a to a normal state of health, mind or strength, we want all parties involved to have an opportunity for recovery. And when we think about recovery, we should think about the steps that it would take to get to that point of recovery, you know, whether it be one step or five steps because remember, we're talking about when leaders make mistakes in any area of their lives. So if it's in your household and it's with your husband, okay, what steps would it take for my husband and I to get back on the same page? Okay, if it's in corporate America at my job, what steps would it take for me as the team leader to be back in my team's good graces so that they can continue to get those results that I know that they can get? If it's between me and my child, okay, what steps can I take as the parent to make sure that the mistake that I made never happens again 
again. And so that my child also understands that, okay, mommy made a mistake, but I see her doing better. And I I say this for children who are a little bit older, but if you have a child that is a little bit younger, like I do, obviously the child is probably going to forget about your your mistake within like an hour (laughs) or a day. But knowing intentionally, knowing within yourself, like, okay, I made this mistake with my child and I don't want to do it again. You have to hold yourself accountable to making those steps to recovery. And to finish off this point of communication being key, I just want to add in that delegation may also be necessary. So actually delegating specific steps towards that recovery to the necessary parties, right? So obviously this was only applicable in certain situations, but if you have something that you're trying to work on with your child, okay, delegate certain steps to your child. Like, okay, you do this and I'll make sure I do this. And then we make sure we hold each other accountable. Okay. With your husband, you do this and I do this. And we make sure that we hold each other accountable because we want the longevity of this relationship. We want the longevity of this family. The same way goes if if you are applying this to teams at your job, right? To being a leader at your job, you want to delegate necessary steps to particular team leaders just to make sure that everybody is held accountable in the way that they are supposed to be held accountable. And last but certainly not least on my list, number six is to turn the mistake into a learning opportunity. If you're able to turn the mistake into a learning opportunity instead of a situation coupled with guilt and shame and anger, then you have a mindset that is focused on growth. Adopting this growth mindset myself, I have come to know that mistakes are a part of the process. Like they're just going to happen. Just the same way we talk about in that equation, E plus R equals O, the events are always going to happen. The mistakes they're going to happen. They're going to come. They're going to go. But what matters is our responses to the mistakes, which then determine the outcomes. We can all learn from hiccups and setbacks. There is always a lesson to be learned. I believe that one of the greatest attributes to being a successful servant leader is learning from your mistakes. And that's something that I had to be intentional about being okay with making mistakes because a huge fox in my life that I had was guilt and shame around making mistakes or not doing something right or doing something wrong in my eyes. It wasn't even about, I did not do it right. It was about you did it wrong. You did it wrong. You did it wrong. There was always someone to blame and I was always that someone to blame. And when we are talking about Tackling mistakes as leaders is not about a blame game. It's about a solution to the problem. And so turn your mistakes into learning opportunities so that you don't make the same mistakes again, so that you can be better in the end. If you didn't know, now you know, there are so many people who just simply cannot admit when they are wrong. And these people are in leadership positions. These people are in places of power and they cannot admit when they are wrong. They cannot admit when they have made a mistake. And remember, we're not just talking about places of power in five Fortune 500 companies. We're talking about places of power within the household. We're talking about places of power within that ministry or that organization or that volunteer group. We're talking about places of power we're all over in every area of our lives. And there are just a lot of people who struggle with saying, I messed up. 
I did this wrong. I made a mistake. And I definitely believe it has a lot to do with the spirit of pride, which we will tackle on this platform. But there are so many people out there that can't do that. And so if you have found yourself in the past not able to do that and not able to admit when you've made a mistake, it's okay. Repent for it because I can most likely say that it was a form of pride and you allowed your pride to get the best of you or it could have been something else but you got to ask God for revelation on that but repent repent because none of us are perfect we all make mistakes and if you know you made a mistake and you just couldn't admit it you definitely want to repent for that and a plus side to this even though that there are so many people in leadership positions who completely refuse (laughs) refuse to admit that they have made a mistake like it would literally kill them to admit they made any type of mistake the plus side to this is that in most cases when you do admit your mistake and when you do just say hey you know what I made this mistake I'm doing this to fix it. I apologize, whatever the case may be. A lot of people, most of the time, they respect you more for your honesty about that mistake that you made rather than you trying to cover it up and act like you did not make that mistake. To kind of close us out today, I added one more thing on here and it is to fix the fox, aka the problem. The fox is always going to be the problem because it's a sneaky fox and it always wants to swipe your stuff. Okay, the sneaky fox, that's just that's his nature. He wants to swipe your things. And so we need to be intentional about fixing the fox, a.k.a. the problem. And how do we fix the fox? You might ask. Well, let me tell you, girl, it's okay. I got you. You own it. You manage it. You be aware of the fox. You determine why the mistake was made. You learn to communicate effectively And you turn that mistake into a learning opportunity. Long story short, you have to do the work. If you want to be an effective leader, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to be a successful servant leader, you have to learn like the work never ends and I have to continue to do the work. We always talk about this, that faith without works is dead. You can't just have faith that things will change. And yes, we do have faith that things will change and things will get better, but we have to partner that faith with our works, our intentional works. Like I want this to be better, Lord. So whether your works is just prayer and getting revelation from God on how to specifically do that work, or if it's the things that we talked about here today, literally just reflecting on the situation at hand and owning it and managing it effectively and in a healthy way. That is how we can tackle mistakes in the best way as successful servant leader. And so I pray that this message was a blessing to you today. If it was, share this with somebody, share this with at least three other people. Make sure that you are subscribed to this channel and do not forget to leave us a review, okay? Even if you just give us some stars. I ain't gonna say how many stars, but you know we need some stars in there. Give us some stars or you can take your time and write something out. It probably will take you less than 30 seconds just to write a great review. But if you don't even have time for that, just give us hint, hint, five stars, you know, so other people can experience this on a weekly basis just like you do. I love you guys so much and I will see you guys next Monday.